Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. As promised and anticipated this afternoon, we are going to talk about why it's time to tie our tatenge. And Michael, thank you so much for being with us today to have this conversation with me to reflect and also to be there to ask any clarifying questions because I'm sure if you have questions as I lay these things out, so will other folks. So thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks, Jen. So as many folks know, you know, this is the second year that we have not had an official bridge walk season. Often this time of year is the time of year we come together and have a theme and people would do their own fundraising campaigns and that sort of thing. But because of what you know, been going on in the world for the last couple of years, we haven't done that. Instead, we've really taken kind of a, well, let's let life lead, right, and see what are the ways that suggest themselves that we can continue to come together and financially support the project without having a big fundraising campaign. And so just as there were starting to be sort of the inklings of life suggesting that it might be time for another one of those fun little adventures, um, the folks in Zambia had a national election. They elected a new president. And that had a really big impact on the currency, on the Zambian kwacha, and it actually appreciated about a third, which is great. Fingers crossed that that's going to be a really um, good impact for the Zambian economy. But what it means for the project for right now is that our dollars, go a third less far than they did a month ago. So that obviously has an impact on us financially. So cut to, <laughs> what does that have to do with Tutange? Um, Teresa and I were talking about this, I don't know, some weeks back, and she used this phrase. She said, yeah, you know, it's time for us to tie our Tutange. <laughs> and I <laughs> just Im- immediately smiled because I'd never heard that before. I'd never heard her use that phrase before, but I knew immediately what she meant. And so I'll just back up one second, because I know you know, Michael, but there may be folks who don't know that Chitenge is um, that beautiful, really colorful fabric that you find all over Africa, um, most parts of Africa. And it's used to make all sorts of beautiful tailored clothes and outfits and that sort of thing. But most commonly, it's simply cut into two-meter pieces and people wrap it around their waist, kind of like as a what we would call a wrap-around skirt. Um, but another really common use for Chitenge is that people use it as kind of a work outfit. So let's say you're going out to sweep the veranda or plant maize or, you know, in the, in the case of our cooperative members, you're out there you know, stirring those giant pots of Enchima People will take a, an old, kind of somewhat worn out piece of chitenge and wrap it around whatever they're wearing. So even if they're wearing, maybe they're wearing chitenge that day, right? They've got a chitenge outfit on or they have a piece of chitenge that they're wearing as their outfit that day. They'll still take like an older piece and wrap it around their outfit so they don't get their normal outfit dirty. Hmm. And so over time, what's happened is that this phrase has become to mean, basically, let's roll up our sleeves. So mm. when I asked Teresa about it, you know, when she said that, I said, well, say more, Teresa. And she said, well, we have this proverb in Zambia, tukake ifitenge, ifitenge, let's tie our chitenge. 
And she explained that whatever group of people, like a sports team, a church group, or, you know, or like a family, a community is faced with a challenge, a time when all hands are needed, right? The whole team has got to come together to make this happen. They use that phrase, tukake ifitenge, let's tire tutenge, and off they go to meet that challenge. And it was so funny, Michael, because when, when Teresa was telling me about it, she said, you know, Jen, I don't mean like casually, you know, you wrap your chitenge around like if you're going out <laughs> headed out for a stroll. She said, I'm talking about like you got to tie it. This is a case, you know, you're in a situation where you've got to really wrap your chitenge. And I was, I just laughed because I knew, you know, all of us people, those of us who have gotten to travel there have been part of any number of work days where we're out there, you know, digging, you know, ditches for whatever, or we're helping to stir that in Shima or whatever it is, and we all would put our chitenge on, and you've got to tie your mm. chitenge really tightly in order to meet that challenge. So mm. I just, I knew immediately when Teresa said it, it just was like um, one of those places where life kind of just highlighted, that's it, that's our next focus, tying our chitenge. <laughs> I just knew it. So, um, so here's the plan. Um, it's still, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, you know, worse than ever in many places. There's still a lot going on for people. A lot of people still have a lot of financial hardship. And so we had a sense that we knew we didn't want to launch a whole fundraising campaign, that we just didn't want to ask people to do something extra right now. And so instead, we have two things that we want to offer that we hope, we hope will be really fun, uplifting, and inspiring to take us to raising the next amount of funds to, to support the project. And the first component is a series of four consecutive Sunday workshops. The first one is October 17th, mm. and the last one is November 7th. Wow. And the series is entitled, of course, Let's Tire Chitenge. And Great. each workshop will have a focus and include within the workshop There'll be a two-hour period of time. The workshops will be a little over three hours, three hours and 15 minutes. And two of those hours will each engage in an activity of your choice. Each person will get to choose their activity, a way that you'll tie your chitenge that day. So kind of a way you're going to roll up your sleeves based on the theme of each workshop. And there are four themes that will be rolled out mm. um, for folks for each of them. And so... Um, what we're hoping is that it's kind of, Michael, a little bit like, um, you know, working meditation workshop. I know you've done many of those yes. before. Yeah. Right? Where, where we come together and we get to work on something. Each of us is doing our own thing, right? I might be cleaning my ha or taking care of this or working on my taxes or whatever it may be. And, but we come together and we do it together. And so that's what we're hoping to do is with this, that each of us is literally rolling up our sleeves in our own lives, right, with our own content. Um, so, for example, the first workshop, the theme is going to be Tired Tenge for you. Like, what's something you want to do for you? Roll hmm. up your sleeves for yourself, right? Which right. is so yeah. lovely. I just, I love starting there. Sorry, I'm not letting you get a word in edgewise, Michael. Have you had any questions <laughs> so far? <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, the other piece of it is that the team is so excited about it. Um, I talked to Teresa this week, and mm-hmm. she also sent me an email with some things that folks are talking about because they're going to, as they often have with various things in the past, they're going to participate right along with us. And I, I think she was very touched that we were using this kind of Dumba proverb as the backbone <laughs> of the yeah. campaign and that we're going to get a piece of each of the Sundays will be getting to hear what the folks in Cantalumba are doing with that particular theme. So how are they choosing oh, each good. one of them to tie their own chitenge? Great. Know, how are they going to get to focus on themselves on that, on that day? Yes. Um, so I really hope it will be a way that we can parallel, you know, us over here on this side, the folks there on that side, with coming together and meeting this challenge, right? Okay, the you know, the Zambian economy is picking up. Great, fantastic. You know, that could not be better. And it has this particular impact, this financial impact. Okay, so let's let's tire Chitenge and see what we can do. And the the fundraising part of it for us is that the workshops are going to be offered on a donation basis. And so we're hoping that people will be moved to participate and that they'll be moved to donate for it and that that's the way that we'll raise the funds that are needed to continue to support the project. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. And, you know, one of the fun things about it is that for anyone who signs up for all four workshops and or donates um, $200 over the course of the four Sundays, so that might be you donate, you know, $200 in one go, or, um, you know, $50 per workshop or however you do it. But anyone who signs up for all four workshops and or donates $200 um, over the course of the workshops will get in the mail a piece of beautiful Chitenge. Wow. Wow. And here's the really fun part. (laughs) You're going to be invited. This part is completely optional. But you'll be invited, if you choose to, to tie your Chitenge and take a picture of yourself in your Chitenge, doing whatever you want to be doing in your photographs, send it to us. And, you know, for privileged environment reasons, we won't be sending those out to the Sangha, but we will be sharing <laughs> them with the folks in Cantalomba. Oh, wow. And so the folks in Cantalomba will get to see all of these people, you know, halfway around the wow. world who are moved to tie their Chitenge to participate wow. in their community. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm moved to tears just hearing about it. So <laughs> it sounds fabulous. I just love how it how it weaves practice with Cantalomba, with fundraising, with the fun and the photo, and uh, it's all it just works together beautifully. Yeah, it really does. I really, I mean, and that's I think really been the overarching theme of these non-bridge walks which is that we don't really need to come up with themes. Life does that beautifully, perfectly, right? <laughs> just, as I say, you know, just when, truly, Michael, just when it was starting to drop in, you know, it's kind of time, and, you know, checking in with the financial team, yeah, it's probably time, you know, all just all those little, like, little tiny, you know, nigglings. And then Teresa and I have this conversation, and she says, just completely out of the blue, right? Yeah, wow, Jan, it is time for us to tire Chitenge. <laughs> I've never heard you say that before, Teresa. You know, tell me more about that. And this, I just knew. It was so fun. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Before I let you go, Michael, there is a second component, but it's still secret. So the second component 
of this um, overarching thing we're going to roll out on Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday, for folks who don't know, is the Tuesday after. It's kind of a worldwide tradition, I think, at this point, where folks, um, you know, give to their favorite charities and organizations and that kind of thing, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So yes. this year, I believe that that's Tuesday, November 30th. And so we will be rolling out another really fun offering. And what I will say about it is that it's really exciting, and it's the fruition of a dream a goal that we have had for quite a number of years. Wow. It's going to be a holiday offering that we hope folks will be moved to use as a gift to friends and family and maybe even yourself. Wow. That will be a second component of how we continue to financially support the team. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And again, you're making me wait, Jen, until Tuesday. It's the build-up, Michael. It is the build-up. Yes, yes. It's very effective, and it's a fabulous project, and it's a great way it to is. it's it a is. great way to support it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's folks like you who have that heart for it year after year after year that really makes it happen. So, thanks for being yes. with us today. And I will say very quickly that. Um, there's more information about it. Um, I think you can link there from the site, from what's new, from the schedule page, from practice offering. So all the places you would normally go if you were trying to look for a new calendar offering, offering it'll okay. be in all, all those places. You can link from all those places. And there's an email coming out, I believe, tomorrow morning that will specifically invite folks to the first workshop. And on that um, email, there'll be a way to link to register for the first workshop. And also for anyone who already knows, yeah, I'm in for all four, there will be a, regi- a way to register for all four workshops if you just want to go ahead and do that too. Yeah. Wow. Beautifully organized. Yeah, Sounds exactly. Like, as usual. It all happens. Yep. Yep. Yes. yes. All right, Michael. Well, thank you so much. I see it's definitely time to turn the show over to you. <laughs> so I will do that without further ado. Thank great. you so much. Thanks so much, Jen. That was great to hear all that. Mm, all right. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air. And good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Wasn't Hi. that the most fabulous introduction to <laughs> a campaign ever? <laughs> yes, it was. It was fabulous. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 Well, I can't wait. Um, I have I've been privileged to preview the the lineup, so I know what's in store for all of us, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. The uh, uh, the workshops sound fabulous, and I I love when we do a whole series like that. It it really uh, builds on the momentum, and mm-hmm. to benefit yeah. Africa in that way is, is uh, icing on the cake. Yes, and I also love that, you know, we're not asking people in, the, in these times to go out and fundraise for the project. It's their practice is what assists them. It's the practice itself, the practice that they're doing and their participation that is the offering of support. That's mm. just a beautiful way of um, weaving it in. It is a beautiful way. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and so generous to offer the teachings in that way to benefit Africa. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all it's all so interconnected. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's all one, huh? <laughs> it's all one. We're all one. We're all one. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. 
I have announcements here, Ashwini. Oh, wonderful. For those who want to access the wisdom, love, and compassion that is our authentic nature, our powerful recording and listening training course starts October 18th. This engaging five-week course includes recording and listening exercises with time in class for processing your experience. And if you're already meditating in the morning or wish to start, enjoy the extra support of meditating with Sangha with virtual meditation groups. The 30-minute conference call meditation sessions happen seven days a week. For a complete schedule and for other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders for today. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, press star six and then one to make a show and conversation on one topic and about five minutes is fabulous. Okay, Ashwini, I think we are ready here. Okay. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, it's Catherine from St. Louis. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Catherine. Hey. Um, I'm looking at, um, I basically I called in because um, conditioning is, is uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at the various ways that conditioning uh, shuts me up and shuts me down. And uh, something that happens is, um, and other people have talked about this, so it's probably lots of us, uh, this happens too, that if I, when I call into um, a, one of the radio shows or I speak on a workshop, uh, and you, when we had retreats, um, when I'd speak at a retreat, there would be a lot of self-hate about what I said and how I said it and, and, um, and just trying to just get me to shut up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I've, I've, just, I've been speaking up more <laughs> in, uh, uh-huh. in, yeah, in some of the, in the transcending resistance, <clears throat> fear and limitation retreat. And, and um, tonight I wanted to call in and just uh, explore that a little and just at the same time kind of go up against the karma. You know, just yes. go up against the self-hate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So part of it, it, the process place that you're pointing us to, right, Catherine, the training place is we're always noticing how conditioning is controlling us and we're practicing not letting it do that. So yes. in this specific way, it basically shuts you up because if you say something, it's, it's going to beat you so bloody with whatever recriminations you you would you know we we fear the the beatings of self-hate so much that we give in right we we don't do what it's telling us not to do because we don't want to get beaten up for it and Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a perfect control mechanism yeah and we we can be we could be completely manipulated by the program if we don't do what you're doing which is okay it's a program I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to be, believe it. I don't have to be afraid of what it's going to do to me if I do what it says I shouldn't do. 
And so mm-hmm. here I am. I'm going to ex- be expressive. I'm going to express myself. And that way I, I train myself to be life, to be ex- an expression of life rather than a puppet of conditioned mind. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm tired of being controlled in this way. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm no, I've noticed um, kind of since I've just been looking at this and, and practicing with it, I've noticed other ways it um, keeps me from, uh, let's see, um, not exactly keeps me from interacting with other people because I'm, I'm not doing that a lot in the pandemic. Um, but I've noticed, like, if I go, um, I go to the uh, library and um, I'm wearing a mask and we're all observing the protocols, um, there's still a, um, an assessment of how I look, you know, what I chose to wear, uh, how quickly I'm choosing a book, uh, mm. what, <laughs> then an assessment of the material, is it, uh, is it intellectual enough, <laughs> kind of, mm. you know, whatever, mm. and it, it, there's just all, all these ways of uh, shutting me up, like don't get the book mm-hmm. you want, get one that's edifying, don't, yeah, don't wear good. that, yes. somebody, yeah, yeah, don't wear that. Somebody might think it's weird, you know, or mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. So it's not just yes. speaking. Well, to see that. Know. Yes. So, so basically it goes from content, which is shutting you up around expressing yourself, to watching the control mechanism as a global thing, which is precisely what it's always, don't do that, do this, wear that, don't wear that what would people think, don't do that. And, and it, it, we, we see very quickly, first of all, how, how hateful it is to be wandering around. I mean, how horrible it is to be wandering around with a hateful voice in my head that's constantly judging, criticizing, second-guessing, doubting, uh, disapproving, negating <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. And if, if, we don't know, if we don't know about it, to actually be identified with that or project it or be it, right? Yes. Be that ego from that identified place. And then to get to this place in practice where I could watch it and let it do its thing, let the program run, but not let it affect my life experience, how Mm -hmm. I'm responsive to life. That is truly the gift of doing a practice like this. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you extend that application, right? It's attempting to control you uh, when you get in the queue to talk about your practice insights, and it's attempting to control you in terms of what you're wearing when you go to the library mm -hmm. or the book that you take or whatever it is. It's it's all an element of manipulation, and we just take a stand for our lives and say, nope, not choosing that. Right, right. Yeah, it it was already uh, saying, well, you can't take your photo wearing your shachenge because you, you just won't look uh-huh. good. You know, it, it's yeah. just, it's already, it, it just, it's always doing that. So, You're already um, starting the campaign against participation, right? Yeah, oh, or you yeah, can yeah. participate, but you can't be the one who sends their photo in. Right. That's the part that you can't do. Right, right. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah. So, so you're going to miss out on the joy of 
having all of those folks down in Cantalomba just be absolutely delighted with seeing your participation, which is what they're celebrating. Yes. Yeah, I was so moved by that. It brought tears to my eyes to think that we would all mm-hmm. send in, all of us would send in our photo and, we, and, and they would get to see the photos and they'd get to see how, how we, we want that connection and we feel that connection. And I, I, you know, it's very beautiful. And of course, so conditioning came right in. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, and I'm you know, Catherine, just to make that point, to take that point further, we get to see them. Right? I mean, we get photos from Teresa on the blogs. We get yes. to see all these people. We know their faces. And it would be, and, and they, of course, get to see Jen's face and, a, and Sri Devi's and a few other folks who make it out there. But there's this vast Sangha that they know about and love dearly, but they don't have a relationship with. And so here's this opportunity in a very fun way to introduce ourselves to them. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's, yeah. it's, that's lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. well, thank you. And, I, and, then, and then again, yeah. pointing to that condition, that what conditioning is attempting to do is separation. And we don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can act from our hearts. Yeah, separation and isolation and, um, yeah. and just living small. And I've, I've tired of that. <laughs> I just don't want to do Good so. for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Th- thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Uh-huh. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. Uh, that is just fabulous, Ashwini. I'm tired of living small. I am not going to be yeah. controlled by that voice. So I'm going to call in, and I'm not going to listen to that self-hate, and I'm going to live my life. It's fabulous. Yeah, it is fabulous. I think that's what the uh, short recitation says, that you know, when we've suffered enough, we'll stop suffering. Yes. Right? We'll just choose yes. not to suffer. Yes, yes. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Jennifer in Laguna, California. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Um, We just moved here, so I I put myself in the queue with no idea what I would talk about, and then I realized, I remember as soon as I hear other people speaking, um, wow, there's this beautiful practice things that, you know, we've been sharing. And I, last time I called, I think, I forget which, the radio show or one of the calls, and I talked about my mother. Um, so she's, uh, mm-hmm. um, i to give the short story. I have been practicing with not, answering um, the cruelties or her projected self-hate. And I have not just been ignoring her. I've been actually (laughs) forwarding her emails to my boyfriend who also practices, and he's been taking out anything vitriolic and sending the few things that might be facts and the few things that are nice. And then I've only been answering those. And so I've uh-huh. been able to give my mother information and also mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm really glad dad's feeling better or, you know, without all of the other mean things about my kids or long passages about whatever she's saying. And, and so it's been, it's such an eye-opener that she will say to me, 
I'm, you know, thank you for the whatever I sent them. And, and instead of ego saying, she's just saying that because she has to, because she's setting you up to stay in this, you know, bad relationship, I just am able to see the thank you and go, oh, <laughs> she's thanking me because she is gratitude. It grieves me that she doesn't experience that for herself, but I finally, it's like I finally get it. Like, I'm actually, instead of listening to the ego voice saying you have to help her, you have to, you have to tell her something useful by staying out of the self-hate, by staying out of those conversation, conversations with myself and her, I'm actually simply responding to what is her, which is she is gratitude, she is love, and I don't have the ego voice saying, she's just saying that because blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're practicing trying to uh, not be reactive to the self-hate that you project your mother's projecting, right, or coming Mm -hmm. from. And Mm -hmm. so there's a way in which you're supporting yourself to do that. And what you can therefore see is is that you can respond to the authenticity that is, your mother, as opposed to um, the voice in your head that is telling you or narrating what its projection is on your mother, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so there's a way in which uh, the authenticity that is you can respond from that place of love, uh, that place of love. And, and you know, Jennifer, I think however we, we, we say this or however we do this or whatever else, the thing that I think when we avoid self-hate, what we get to experience is our, our authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm not mm-hmm. engaged in a conversation with ego, whether it's in my head or it's being projected uh, from someone, right? If I'm not mm-hmm. reactive or engaged with or identified with that, I get to be who I am. Mm-hmm, I get mm-hmm. to come from love. I get to come from recognition of gratitude. I get to come from appreciation. Forget what anyone else is coming from, but it gives mm-hmm. me a chance to be responsive from that place in me. Exactly. And oftentimes, exactly. that's what ego is attempting to stop because <laughs> the ego in me is responding to the ego in you. And I don't get to know myself, right? I that's get to so know true. myself only as as ego, not the authenticity mm-hmm. that is love, compassion, wisdom, intelligence, kindness, presence, all of those things is who I am. And I don't mm-hmm. know myself that way. It's so true because um, I can now look at an email that has a lot of the other things in it maybe um, and I don't feel, you know, it's not perfect, of course, and there's a little bit of, emotion attached to some of it but it's very outside of what I'm really experiencing I can see it like we see the voices I can see oh I the the voices want me to try to manage her or to try to find a way to get her to see something or uh, or Mm -hmm. to say no that's not the truth or you know you're misinterpreting and instead of trying to manage things or respond to things that um I, I just know from experience wouldn't be successful, and I know now that that's ego trying to make me do that. I'm able to simply respond to the things that you know 
Um, I, it's, it's amazing. It's like I haven't, had her, I haven't had one email from her that said, why didn't you say anything about this? Or why didn't you say anything about that? <laughs> and yeah. I, I've just had, I'll have another email. Maybe she'll have a whole new batch. But she's just venting. And I am able to be like, oh, and, you know, we left the key over here. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you, whatever, you know, some, something true and kind and compassionate. And it just struck me like lightning that, oh, here's what happened. Okay. These uh, elderly folks came to get some free plants from us in the place we moved into. And so they were just so grateful. And then they got a lot of plants from us and some planters as well. They came back another day to get this little table we were giving away, and they brought a bottle of wine. Right away, Ego said, they just don't want to owe you anything. They, you know, reminded me of my grandpa or something, like you can never, ever take a gift. And instead of just being like, oh, their kindness, I mean, I have no idea who they are or what they may do with the, their ego voices about gifting and receiving. It's none of my business. They brought us a gift. It was kindness. It was not about what someone's trying to do. And it was just after the thing with my mother, being able to receive this gift from these folks and just watch those voices and say, oh, forget it. I don't need to go there. It just really drove it home. Yes. Oh, I think that it does drive it home. Because what what you're pointing to on so many different levels, Give me a second, Jennifer. I think I have a frog in my throat. <laughs> <coughs> is that, uh, that if, so we can only see love if we see through the eyes of love. So if I'm seeing through mm. the eyes of ego, all I see is suspicion and distrust and uh, uh, agendas and, and projections because that's what mm. ego is. And so if I'm sidestepping that orientation, then what I'm in is, is the ability to see kindness and or in, as we were looking at in the morning show, it's simply what it is, right? So people mm. show up with wine, I get to say thank you. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's all there mm-hmm. was in the ex- exchange. We don't have to read meaning into it. Oh, they're the most wonderful people in the world. Right. And they didn't have to give me a gift. And I get into that self-depth. Oh, you don't have to. And now I have to give you a gift back. And all that, mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. addish, that embroidering, whichever direction it goes, right? A mm-hmm. suspicious direction with an agenda or a self-deprecating direction. Right. Or, oh my God, why did they give me a bottle of wine? Are they they're so <laughs> insensitive? Don't they know that I don't drink? Why do people make assumptions? I mean, right, the, right. They, based on how we're conditioned, we can project right. all kinds of these right. motivations and it denies the basic ability to just be with what is. And if I am coming from awareness, it, it, I could, it's affectionate. It's gentle. It's kind. It doesn't mm-hmm. assume anything other than what is. Right, and that, Whatever that that is. exactly, and that's the thing where um, if ego wants me to try to do something to help my mother, I'm yeah. dead in the water. But by me coming from love and being able to yes. be in that love with whatever she is coming across with, and just see her as love, it is helping her. I mean, that's just that's just how that goes. I mean, it's not it's not right. about me doing anything, and and it, it well, is. Well, it's not it about is, you. Period. Right, Jennifer. Exactly. That's that's exactly. the, that's the transition that happens. That yes. in this interaction with my mom, it's not about her; it's about me. So I mm. I have to do something in order to make her see something, or do something, or manage her life better. It becomes about me. 
And so when when it, it doesn't become about me and I'm able to just witness whatever's going on for her, there is a way in which it's much more helpful, right? Because it doesn't, at least one part of the karmic ego interaction is not happening. <laughs> she doesn't right. have you to suffer yes. your, yes. your conditioning, right? Yes, because you said one day, I think on a retreat, both parties or all parties do not have to be, if you are eliminating the separation, it's eliminated. And I thought, oh, it's like when you pick up a crying baby, not that the person's a baby, but you pick, they don't care if you know why they're crying. They, you're not communicating in any other way but your kindness, your compassion, your nurturing. And that separation yeah. is completely dissolved. And I thought we are yeah. doing that with one another in practice all the time. And it's just, yeah. that's just so beautiful. So I'm so very grateful. Well, and oh. being able to do whatever takes care of you in order to come from that place is, is one of the kindest things possible because then you don't get tortured and you mm-hmm. don't perpetrate the torture <laughs> right. because it's right. because we're tortured that we come from that place of hatefulness right i mean right. If, if i wasn't being brutalized all the time why would i ever even be brutal to somebody exactly. else but the absence of love in me is what what causes me to come from hating somebody else it's and so, so true because uh, yeah good yeah go ahead sorry no, no, no. You, it, it's you're just. I'm just so excited because it is me nurturing myself when the mentor voice comes and picks me up when I need it, and mm-hmm. comes and says, "Here, right. take a bath when you need it." And it just, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing to see that that separation illusion, because it's just, it dissolves. It just completely dissolves. Yeah, and to have I project via mom uh, a mechanism to out what is torturing her and not mm. to receive a reflection of judgment or right. hatred or uh, anything other than unconditional love back. What a gift. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just, I think that's huge. And it really, it, it's really, yeah, exactly. <sighs> Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for everyone. Thank you, Jennifer. Take care. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. And that was another fabulous conversation, Ashwini. And it it just struck me with the challenge of the situation, as you were just talking about at the end there, Ashwini, a challenging situation and responding just with love. It's it's extraordinary. And it's extraordinarily skillful also. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the skill comes in recognizing it's challenging for me. And what do I Mm. have to do to support myself in order not to get snagged? Right? Mm. We, we seldom do that. We're conditioned to come out of deprivation to help someone else, right? Mm. Rather yes. than recognizing, wait a second, I, have to, I mean, to mix all the metaphors here, I have to put on my oxygen mask first, and now I'm actually useful. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it's beautiful. And Ashwini, we're going to break here and hear from our recording and listening program, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Recording and listening is one of the most powerful tools for ending suffering. RL is based on a radical idea that rather than being lost in a conversation in conditioned mind, we can live in a conversation about what's true, what's real, what's arising in life in the moment. 
With recording and listening, we develop the powerful skill of directing the attention, enabling us to access the wisdom, love, and compassion that is our authentic nature. We have two RL classes to train in this amazing tool and experience its benefits. The first is a five-week experiential class designed for newcomers and old-timers alike. We'll do exercises together in class to learn the techniques. Then between classes, we'll practice those techniques. The second, True Reflections, lasts six weeks and builds on the first class, assisting us to further cultivate a friendship of a lifetime that will support us through the undulations of a human existence. These courses are offered quarterly. Please check the website and look for announcements for upcoming start dates. Experience the joy of presence with the support of recording and listening. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, we have another caller here. Great. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini. Hi, Michael. This is Kate in Australia. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi. Kate, you're a little um, faint for me. Is there any way you could be a little louder? Yes, I think so. Hold on. There we go. Is this better? Okay, perfect. Perfect. Great. Um. <clears throat> So I put myself in the queue, and I think the thing that I am looking at right now in practice is a response to this week's assignment in the year long. Um, and I definitely had a strong ego reaction <laughs> to um, reading the description of that differentiation between theory and life. Um, and, you know, what I saw in kind of recording and, and listening about that, which this wasn't in the assignment, but the idea that theory, that it had this feeling of like that theory is not helpful or, or it needs to be discarded, um, which is, I, I mean, I think that's how ego kind of interpreted it because going back and reading the assignment, it wasn't there. Um, in that way. But what I was looking at is that um, how much we use theory to help have that experience of life. And that the whole idea, like all of just the language that we use, like conditioning, conditioning is a theory. Like that's theory to help us uh, kind of see what's happening and going on. It's not the experience itself. And and I was thinking about that um, Thich Nhat Hanh quote about the finger pointing at the moon, that, that teaching, and how theory is that finger to help us, to help us get to the moon. Um, so, yeah, I guess I just kind of wanted to talk about that, that relationship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like there was a, a, a reaction to, to having to to that notion that somehow or the other what we are looking at is direct experience versus theory, mm-hmm. and in recording about it, there was this, it sort of dropped in for you 
a, a certain framing of what that might, what the assignment might be pointing at, which is, it's not that it's not that theory is being discarded. It is that it, there's a helpful reframe of theory, which sounds like it makes it all the more acceptable. There's a, mm. there's a way in which it goes from, wait, wait a second, I don't agree, to, okay, well, is this a possibility that I might explore? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I guess w- where I'm... I guess I wouldn't say I'm stuck, but where I'm looking or what I'm exploring or thinking about is that even to kind of, like if we direct experience, this, 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 here, 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 now, 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 is only, can only be this, 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 here, here, and that even the the mental activity of conceptualizing that is that first moment that takes it away from this, this, this. Mm. Um, Mm. May I throw you a curveball, Kate? Yeah. So can you get in touch? I mean, so when you look at it, when you were recording about it, why were you, why was it, why was there an upset? Why was there an emotional reaction to theory being, to whatever, however ego interpreted it. What was the what was the emotion around it? What 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 was going on for you? Did you get a sense of what 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 that meant? Hmm. Why was that message rousing that experience of emotion? It, well, it was because earlier in the day I had read a a very like a an article written by a philosopher, so a quite theoretical text, that helped me to see something in my, that, from my own experience, a way that I was um, judged the world, and explained it in this way. And I was just struck by how incredibly helpful that work was, of being like, oh my gosh, that's completely how I operate. And it just was pointed out to me in this very, it wasn't an experiential knowing, though I could then look back and think of experiences I've had that aligned to it um, but it was learning through through that like you know theoretical it was uh-huh. and so, so it was it if I may it felt like what when reading the article it was not it was not validating your experience mm-hmm. and I would say right? the you were being denied in some way yeah well and I think it's an experience I have in practice as well I think we talk about knowing and then knowing and often mm-hmm. I need yeah. the knowing before the knowing um, well, you is think a really you important do. step. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so basically it was sort of whatever was going on for you was a devaluing of a process that works mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. right? But really yeah. that feeling that we get when somebody threatens our identity or something that we hold dear is that emotional response, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so then what we tend, and the reason I was asking you about that is because what I'm, what I'm facilitating you towards is to go to your experience of that experience rather than attempt to try to see how the content fits, 
Like, what does it really mean, and how can I reconceptualize it in order for it to be acceptable is, is one process, and it's a mental process, and it's a process that we often do in order to be okay with something. But it's also okay to go to my experience of it and go, that's what happened to me. The reason I got upset about it or, or felt uh, a strong reaction, let's just say, is because somehow or the other it was interpreted as invalidating my experience, a process that's helpful for me. So how can somebody outside basically tell me that the way I, am, I experience the world is invalid or, I ha- mm-hmm. or the experience I just had this morning is invalid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you, the extra step there, I think, where there's actual, like, maybe a stronger emotion or the real ego, ego move in that is the, to then project that onto other people. It was really helpful when, when you were facilitating that, you said, that works for you. And how challenging it is to recognize that doesn't necessarily work for others. Like I know in my experience, mm-hmm. I've had to face that many times, <laughs> that that mm-hmm. process that works for me very um, strongly or well, and, and then it doesn't work for others is a place, an ego, it's, a, it's an ego trap for me to think, yes. well, others mm-hmm. need to think, need to value this or think about it in this way or have the experience I had if everyone read mm-hmm. this text, they would see it. They could, they could mm-hmm. see it if they read this text, um, which isn't necessarily true. <laughs> That's precisely right, right? So basically, just as it's the, as Shari sometimes says, you know, those people who are prejudiced, who, who are prejudiced against prejudiced people are still prejudiced. Mm-hmm. And so if, if something that is, that, is being, that, that, that is being offered to me invalidates me then imagine if you know it's a it's a transference there right that place that you're pointing to is so important well it works for me and i don't like it to be uh to be denied so how can i insist that what works for me has to work for somebody Mm -hmm. else because it's denying them their experience of what works for them Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah well and to me the encouraging part of the whole process right kate is not whether uh, a th- theory is good or bad, theory is helpful or doesn't helpful, that sometimes theory helps and sometimes theory doesn't, or only direct experience is important or not. It's that whole process of, of exploration that you, you were willing to do. Well, I, I had a reaction, so this is something for me to look at. What mm-hmm. is it that's going on for me that causes me to get riled up and, and, and I'm, I might extend this word, but suffer in this way? And mm-hmm. when I'm ready to explore that, when I'm willing to let, willing to let, uh, to explore it, I get freer of these rigid lines that are the only ways I can be in order to be okay. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it just it does go. It touches on. How, how do I put this in words? Just like it's just, it's also for me to be okay, but for me to be worthy and valuable in the world because this Mm, is the work I do in the world and that's right and so if that's being devalued my worth and value or and that's you know it's the way I operate or the way I um that's right and and when someone else doesn't respond to content or material in the same way that you do 
ego takes that and does turn it into that story of your worth. Your, you don't have anything to offer. You don't have value. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is underneath all yeah. of that. Yeah. And so I, I would project, knowing, I knowing, knowing what you do, right? That you have, uh, you, you operate in a realm of knowledge and theories, and that that is what you offer. So it's a direct hit to who you are and what you do in the world and, who, and, and your worth in the world. And that, that produces that reaction because mm-hmm. there's a projection that that's what conditioning does, right? It takes, that, it, takes it personally. <laughs> and to, to be able, to, in that specific way for you, your worth is tied to your ability to process abstract philosophical texts and to derive enormous use from them and offer it back to the world. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's not framed, you know, ego frames it as, well, this is just wrong, right? Like this is wrong and yeah, there is a yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that's, and you know that to be true versus like actually yeah. this is like hitting on an identity characteristic that you're unwilling to like or that's difficult to interrogate. Yes, which yeah. is again the whole the if you if we look at this is why the story is so simple, right? He said, "I want to be taught." Have you eaten your porridge? Yes. Then wash your bowl. And if you can look at the layers and layers of unsaid subtext that can only be revealed by direct experience in that story, is exactly mm-hmm. what you're pointing at, right? Because. Uh, I, I forget what you just said, that there's a, there, there's a, 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 a way in which uh, all of that, that, that gets embroidered on my... This is an identity characteristic that I'm unwilling to look at. Well, mm-hmm. the, way, the only way you can look at it is to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yes, some text that you're reading is, the, as you again pointed out, the finger pointing to the moon that maybe allows me to get to that place. But ultimately, when I land on what's going on for me, it's because I am having the direct experience. I'm looking at that. And only I will know it when I look at it, when I examine it. Mm. It's my experience. You can't really know it theoretically. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Kate. And Ashwini, I love that point you made that something came up, I had a reaction, and I'm willing to explore it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's courage. That's practice. Mhm. Yeah, that's all we're ever doing. Yes. Right? We don't have to be right. We don't have to be wrong. We don't have to know. But just to acknowledge, wait a minute. If freedom is my uh, freedom from suffering is my is what I am about as an awareness practitioner, then I really need to look at this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ashwini and Michael. This is Judy from California. Hi, Judy. Hey, Judy. Hi, Ashwini. You know, I wanted to continue the conversation of the first caller and kind of add my flavor and get some guidance for it with it. Uh, my, uh, you know, I, you talk a lot, or, you know, Sangha talks a lot about our authentic nature, and there's always an immediate resistance to that. 
um, you know, I, I've been around long enough that I don't hear the words, but there's kind of a catch or a clutch or uh, something that just uh, braces against that. And when we mm. did the projection workshop, one of the things I heard was you were born of sin and you have to work your way out. So, you know, I wasn't in that kind I didn't I wasn't brought up in a conservative Christian environment, but somehow those two don't gel for me. Mm. Yeah. It's a com- yes. Uh, is is it very surprising to you, Judy? <laughs> well, what's surprising is that I know it's not true and there's still every time I hear that your authentic nature, there's mm. still a clutch. That's what's surprising. Yeah. Well, that, that yes. Well, that, that's that's not surprising to me because it's we're we're, we're coded, right? We're wired. So mm. where we where I go when the word authentic nature is mentioned is resistance to that, not acceptance of it. If I trained my attention to go to my acceptance of oh yeah, that that's I mean it's the Alan Watts, right? Uh, when, when some Westerner realizes that they are God and they tell an Indian that, the Indian laughs and says, you just realized that? I knew that from the very beginning. Mm. Right? I mean, when, we're, when you're trained to identify with, with a sinner rather than divinity, then whenever somebody mentions you're divine, you, you, you go, of course not, I'm a sinner <laughs> because that's mm. where my attention goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But which, I don't which, even... is, which is okay. Because it's your clue to train to turn to where you might hear a yes to that, not a no to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't have to, so if I'm going down the road of how do I even get that message, that's just noodling and getting me away from redirecting my attention to, okay. Okay. Yeah, we don't even need to go there. We know how you got it. All of us have it. Some mm. form of it or the we, other, right? We do. And so then, we do. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know if you've heard that rumor in Sangha, but where, <laughs> what is sulfate other than that? It's, a, it's yeah. basically a negation of the fact that you are consciousness itself, right? Uh-huh. So a word, a word like authentic nature may, may not be accessible to you, but you could use any word. You, would you like divine or... The intelligence that animates, or, or uh, all that is, or God, or goddess, or whatever you want, uh-huh. that might help you bypass that. But the, but the interesting part of it to me is to notice, oh, wait, the clutch is a no. So if I'm going to no, how do I go to yes? Where do I have to look for that? Okay, okay. Because I, you know, I can see it in other people, you know, th- that they're love. I can see their heart. Mm. Yeah, I can see it. Well, that might be a very, very good place to go because you can redirect your attention to something you love. I don't know what that might be, your uh, your favorite plant or the person who is your dearest friend, Mm -hmm. and then follow the projection home. You don't know what they are. That experience is originating in you. So can you now now go to that experience in you when you are projecting it out on them? And go to, oh, there's authentic nature. That's my experience of authentic nature. That's who I am. That love mm-hmm. that I feel for that person is who I am. That's mm-hmm. a, and that's how you re, we retrain, recalibrate, that, and, and, take, and reclaim, actually, the word from ego. It says no authentic nature rather than yes authentic nature, right? Because it's always a negation. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it grabbed onto that word and put a no in front of it. <laughs> so okay. now you get to put a yes in front of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all those words you mentioned, none of them worked. So is that a matter of exploration or should I just leave the words behind and go to, I mean, I, oh, forget the word and just yeah. go for the experience, right? It's experience. the same okay. thing as, okay, well, now you've finished your pro- porridge, you might as well wash it. Uh-huh. Wash your bowl, uh-huh. right? It's, it's just that. It's like, okay, well, I don't need to go find some big theory or whatever it is to, to have that experience. I know what's going on. My attention is just not in the yes place. So mm-hmm. let me go to yes place. Mm-hmm. So even as you're talking, I can feel the resistance. And yet, as I look outside and see the flowers, I know they're perfect. So that's yes, and now you can practice that. Oh, there, those are the perfect flowers. Where am I experiencing their perfection? Oh, right in this region underneath my heart, that is my authentic nature. Okay, bring it back to my body and the sensation that tells me that that's yes. beautiful. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right, except as, as, as opposed to the attention going right to your head to go, well, I yes. can see that I'm not, I'm not authentic nature, but the flower is. But as, mm-hmm. soon as, my, as soon as I'm experiencing that flower, the beauty and perfection of the flower, I'm outside my head. I'm having that experience, and now that I need to own that experience. Okay. So I'm just skipping the head completely. <laughs> Is that what you're suggesting? That would be a good idea, Judy. <laughs> well, you know, we've talked before about the Shin Shin Ming and that line about the more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. That keeps resonating. You know, stop talking and thinking. There's yes. nothing you own up. I just, I, that phrase comes up all the time. So it's just continuing to work at me on all these different levels, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just so trained to go to the head, right? But we, uh-huh. we bypass everything else. And so uh-huh. all we're training to do is to drop drop out of the of the thinking mode into the feeling mode. And boy, you, you know, the flower, call, if you say to the tree, I love you, do you love uh-huh. me? You're gonna, uh-huh. You know, you're not going to, you might hear a voice in the head that says, Judy, stop being so nonsensical as if a tree mm-hmm. is going to love you back. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you don't have the experience of that love with the tree. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, the tree, I, I can assure you, I don't know anything about how trees love you, Judy, but in that experience, you are loving the tree and that's mm-hmm. who you are. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So when we talk about, or when I've heard the sensation leads to a story, and that's what gets us in trouble. This is what you're, what you're suggesting is just cut out the story completely, live in the sensation. Right, and yeah. you're attempting to basically have, so I, I don't know how it works for you, but authentic nature immediately translates into a clutch in the heart, which is a, a story related to, you know, you're not that, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. now you're attempting to go to, okay, well, when I see, the, when I, see I, 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 you would not be able to say um, what you're saying. I mean, you know the experience of your authentic nature because that's, how, that's what you are. It takes a lot of work and a lot of conversation to deny that and keep the lie that that's not who you are in place. And so it's not that you've got to do anything except redirect the attention. Okay. Because okay. you know that place in you. You know it mm-hmm. every time you see a flower or the dear person that you love mm-hmm. so much or when you... I, I know you learn a language because you want to assist people who, who, who don't speak this language. I mean, all of those places are caring, kindness, love, compassion. That's who you are. Turn your attention to that and own it as your authentic nature. That's the only piece that's missing. Mm-hmm. The owning it. And that comes from training is what you're suggesting. 
from redirecting the attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, I recognize the no. Now let me go to yes. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. You know, that's what I love about this practice. It's just so operational. It is. It's so practical, isn't it? Yes, yes. That really works for me. Okay, I'm ready to go, Ashwini. I know what to do now. All right, wonderful. (laughs) Thanks, Judy. Thanks for calling in. Sure. Good night. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Judy. And Ashwini, I think we have time for one more caller. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Michael. This is Janice from um, across the Salish Sea in the Pacific Northwest, and I wanted to say I had this awesome experience yesterday of being able to go down to the ocean and um, just stand on some rocks, and I saw um, everything sparkling. I saw the the light on the ocean was sparkling and I looked into a sea pool on the rocks and I saw there was seaweed and it was sparkling. And I just went straight to, oh, this is just true nature. This is like Indra's net and this this is such joy. Mm-hmm. Yes, a direct experience of being alive. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, you know, there were crows flying and there were, um, I have a friend whose brother is dying and I wrote his name in the sand. I could take a picture and I I was just sort of going from one thing to the next moment to moment and um, and it was all okay. There were, There was beginnings and there's endings and there's tide coming and going and I was just feeling like... Um, that that's it. Nobody can teach me that. Nobody can tell me mm. that. I have to go to the ocean or or listen to the call of the rocks even and just stand and be. Yes. Yeah. I mean that's I think the if, if we're pointing to our assignment from this week, that's exactly it. You can't be taught. You have to be there for it. Life is a direct experience. Mhm. Mhm. Even if you have teachings <laughs> Unless yeah. you, unless you use it, as we were talking about in our last in a in a conversation or two ago, unless you follow uh, the finger to the moon and look at it and go, oh my God, how gorgeous is the moon! <laughs> you're not going to go to that place. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had been um, Attempting um, to push my husband in a wheelchair um, because he's not mobile now. And I was really stiff. So I was able to have a massage appointment this morning. But I actually said it was right smack with the um, morning show. And I just said, um, I'm going to need to wear my earbuds for this, you know, this period of time because I have something I do. And the person asked me afterwards about what I was doing. And I, I remember Sherry saying, you know, kind of like, say as little as possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried to explain that, you know, well, I just a group of people and then, you know, we just have some weekly assignments and, and you know, this is what we do. But there was, there was a lot of questioning and curiosity and I, I just, I could see where I could get caught explaining mm-hmm. and I just yeah. said well it's a bit like um, we're just looking at an experience of being present 
and I said, yesterday I had this experience of being on the shore, and I just explained the joy I felt. And I just said, it's, mm. it's, it's about that. We, you know, are, that's something in me, it's just there. That's my, you know, I'm not doing anything to make it happen. That's who I am. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's good to have those experiences, right? Because we, we realize we, we are, we, we, we've well-trained restraint and religious observances where we, we know that people are interested, people are curious, and this is hard to communicate. And yeah. so not to uh, what do you, fob someone off in their genuine interest and curiosity, but also to be well aware that this experience that you have is hard to explain and is yours, right? And oftentimes when you attempt to share it, it may not necessarily be uh, received in a way that gets reflected. And so to hold your treasure close and still be generous around it in terms of sharing it. Yeah, and I could really see that place where if I wasn't really careful... I would get caught in something theoretical because I was guessing that the person mm. was coming from that place a bit, you know, and yeah. I just wanted oh, yeah. to bring we can it sense to the that. Practical. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, yeah. I was just, yeah. uh, <laughs> I really felt I was multitasking, but I thought I don't like to miss the show for anything because life's so full. It's hard for me to go back and listen to a recording. I, I want to be here for life live. Mm, yeah. Yes. Be here for life live. That's a fabulous motto, Janice. Mm. Let's all be here for life live, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and that's so important that if you know this is something that lights you up, then, then basically that's my choice. I don't have to live in an either-or world. I can live in an mm-hmm. and world. I could get my foot massaged and be live mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I can't wait to tie my chitange. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yes, thanks, Janice. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Take care. Cash out. Thanks for joining us, Janice. Be here for life live. I love that. Mm. That's mm. great. Yeah. And we've come to the top of the hour. And thank you, Ashwini. And thank you, Sangha. It's been a fabulous show. Thank you, Michael. Talk to you you. next week. Talk to you next week. Go happy. Go happy.